1: Hill works to the left side, bounces to Rudy, rotates to the corner, back up top to Lyles. Six on the shot clock, drives the left hand, flares it back to Gordon. Three right side, got it! That was gorgeous basketball! You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part
0: of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: It is Locked On Jazz for the 11th of January. The Jazz upend the world champs. And LeBron gives incredible answers, plus a joint little one-on-one with LBJ, all on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider. You're fired up today, I know you are, because the Jazz pulled off a great, great win last night. How cool was that? That's got to fire you up. Beating the world champs, looking solid, great game planning. Quinn was brilliant. We'll break it all down uh, for you in this ballgame. Lots of different aspects to uh, what's going on in the ballgame and and how it's – how it played out and, and all that. And then LeBron pregame was really, really interesting. So I'm going to let you hear a soundbite from LeBron about passing. And then I'm going to let you hear uh, a link of questions I had for LeBron as part of today's podcast. So that's, that's the plan. We'll break down today's game. Uh, that game, the game as well is really what quite a win, quite a win. Uh, today's broadcast is brought to you by our friends at Jamalto. Uh, Dan Spence and the guys at Jamalto have done uh, really nice work around the community. They are a global leader in digital security, bringing trust to an increasing connected world. And they do it by protecting you when the breach happens. You can give Dan a call at 801-540-3024. That's 801-540-3024. Let's get right to our pins across the world. I am sure there are a lot of people that should need to send in a pin fired up about the Jazz uh, after. Uh, that performance last night. So let's get to our our pins across the world. There aren't. I didn't get any ones last night, but you should send yours in to dlock09 at gmail dot com. This is from Josh Hoochman. He puts a pin in San Diego, where I currently live, or my hometown of Toronto, where I became a jazz fan. Love Toronto. Uh, I was first started watching basketball during the Chicago. Jazz finals, and I was a seven- or eight-year-old at the time. I can't quite remember why I chose the Jazz. My mom's originally from Chicago. My parents were rooting for Jordan and the Bulls. Perhaps it was premature adolescent rebellion. Absolutely. What I do remember is my favorite player, spelled Canadian, Jeff Hornacek, and then fighting for a Jazz 14 jersey when I started playing basketball myself, or just the number 14 jersey. I followed the team and the league diligently ever since. My favorite Jazz memories: attending Carl Malone's final game in Toronto. Uh, in a Jazz uniform. I ran as close as I could to the bench wearing my 32 with a sign that said, the mailman delivers during a timeout. John Stockton saw me nudge Carl, who refused to look up from Jerry's clipboard, though a close second favorite is attending the game when Al Jefferson hit his three. The ending of that game was both unexpected and awesome. I think that's the first game I ever called for the Jazz. I'm very excited to have a Canadian and Trey Lyles on the roster. He reminds me of a player I enjoyed rooting for uh, for both the Jazz and the Raptors, Danielle Marshall. That's an interesting parallel. Uh, I have yet to attend a Jazz game, in fact, I have yet to step foot in the state of Utah. Perhaps now that I'm much closer, I might make it out. Hopefully for a playoff game. Thanks for the great podcast. I really enjoy uh, the. Um, there's some very big word he uses here. I don't know what it means. Something of my play calling. Hmm. I wonder what that word means. I'm not. I'm not smart enough to know that. He. He's. Josh is much. Much smarter. Uh, I'm nervous now about what that might mean. Hmm. What it means. Um. Oh, all right, yeah. I'm like, wow, that was a big word. I st- I read the definition. I still don't know what it means. Not that smart. All right, let's get to it. That game was just a, a terrific win, um, and and there's so much to be said uh, ab- about that win last night by the Jazz. But let me let me just start with Quinn, uh, and and what Quinn's building because he, all right, you don't win if you don't have the players, and it's a it's a make or miss league, and and there's no question. On those things, and so I'm not about. Let's not get too excited, or I don't want to overdo it. Like Quinn won the game. Quinn and his coaching staff had an amazing game plan, reacted terrifically to what was taking place on the court, and the players executed it at a, an incredibly high level. Uh, and I, 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 want to make sure you know that the player, hey, the players won this game. They made the shots, they made the plays. But I thought there were some things that Quinn and his staff did that were really impressive. First, defensively. They had three separate pick-and-roll coverages that they were playing last night based on who the personnel involved in the pick-and-roll was. And what jumps out to me about that is just how awesome that is that they've built, and to the players' credit too, that they've built a a team and a culture that has the capability mentally to do such a thing. I, I can think of three times where I thought they missed it all night. That was about it. Three times which was, you know, they were they were great defensively. They ranked number one in the league defensively again uh, right now. And, and that was, and I don't want to give, you know, in fairness, uh, I'm not going to give you the specifics of what they were, but the players basically every time they were in a pick and roll had to recognize who the personnel was and then based on that personnel what they were doing. And the two of them had to communicate it correctly together. And then those two, you know, had to execute it right. And they did a... A incredible, incredible job of of executing that and um, and getting it, you know, put together in that uh, as well as they did. And and to them, they deserve, you know, the players deserve the credit for actually. But Quinn has created an atmosphere where he expects that and demands out of his players. That's a playoff esque game plan that they put together last night. Uh, it's also a good example of like what Cleveland and Golden State and these teams that are on the top of the list go through all the time, which is just the the level of performance and preparation that other teams put in. that. what's even more remarkable is that Jazz did this uh, on just an afternoon shoot-around, not a morning shoot-around. Uh, the second one is the key moment of that game is it's 35-33 in the second quarter, Jazz by two, and Quinn Snyder goes brings in Joe Ingles to play with Hayward Hood and Hill and Gobert. Now, the numbers have said that that lineup has not been our best small lineup. There's been other ones, but he read the situation, and what the situation was is that the Cavaliers were doubling the ball – on every pick-and-roll. So the the Jazz would run the pick-and-roll, and if the Jazz big was involved in the pick-and-roll, the center, then they would double it, and then by bringing in Joe Ingles, what the Jazz had then was three guys who could pass and three guys who could shoot They were receiving the ball. So if it's George Taylor, Gordon Hayward, or Rodney Hood, or Joe Ingles, whoever it was that ran the pick-and-roll with Rudy or Derek, they would get double-teamed. And then they, if they got rid of the ball fast enough, then the Jazz were able to swing it around, move it, and get great open look threes. And the Jazz went on a 21 to eight run to close the second quarter. In, uh, in, in then the game to so, and that's where they take the quarter lead. Then the Cavs go on a run to make it 58, 57. Uh, and they the Jazz do the same thing. Joe Ingles comes back. Uh, the Cavaliers, yeah, Cavaliers Joe Ingles comes back in the game, and by the end of the quarter, the Jazz are back up seventy five sixty six. And it's that small lineup executing the same things. Rodney Hood with a bunch of huge fourth quarter shots. Trey Lyles who didn't hit the shots early in the game with a bunch of shots then. And what the Jazz then were able to do with Trey Lyles is play the same style of basketball. In that second half with Joe that they did with Joe Ingles with Trey Lyles uh in the fourth quarter, and so they played the one center four sh- shoot three shooters uh and the ball handler who's a four shooter uh and they really they just did a it was awesome and so uh personnel to be able to execute what you're trying to mental capacity of personnel to be able to do it and a coaching staff that built it to me is what jumps out in that performance uh, by the jazz last night. There's a lot of, you know, individual performances. Gordon shoots 10 of 12 for 28 points, has nine rebounds. I mean, that's just ridiculous. Uh, Rodney and Gordon and, and Georgia, the wing defense was really good uh, last night. Uh, Rodney's fourth quarter who, you know, he's been struggling. How about Quinn Snyder? you talk about talking about Quinn Snyder calls a play for Rodney Hood, tells him in the huddle, if you don't if you don't shoot it, I'm gonna be furious with you. This is a guy who's been shooting about fourteen percent from three the last five games. On the road trip Rodney just scuffled miserably and then uh the J- the Jazz make this uh run the play and Rodney buries the three. In, in just just incredible. Uh so, just amazing work, effort, performance in every which way uh, by the Jazz last night. There's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of other little things you can and bring out, but those are the highlights to me. LeBron got rolling; he was awesome, absolutely awesome to watch when he got rolling. Uh, and then Gordon Hayward, big time, answers LeBron run of his own with game tied at 60. LeBron uh, Hayward after LeBron goes nuts; LeBron scores, I think, 13 points. Uh, in or 12 points in the first 5-12 of the third quarter. And from that time, the Jazz goes small with Ingles. Hayward's now doing some LeBron defense also. they sh- LeBron slows down, and Hayward gets out. He hits a shot to make it 62-60. He hits back-to-back threes at 68-60. He adds another point, two buckets. He has 10 points and 330, and the Jazz take control of the game. Cavaliers never really got back into it in the fourth. There was really never that. They got to within six, and Rodney buried a three on the backside. This a great win. The Jazz were six and twelve this year against teams above five hundred uh, going into that game, so uh, now they play eleven straight games, and it 's hard i can 't tell who in the east is above or below five hundred uh, right now, so i 'll have to look it up. But uh, now they play a stretch of games where frankly they 've got teams that are below five hundred and the Jazz I think have only lost two or three games all year to below five hundred teams. So the next stretch they 've got Detroit, who comes in at eighteen and twenty two uh, having well have played Portland the night before. Uh, Orlando comes in. I think they might be on the back end of a back to back too. They're playing six. They're, uh, sixteen and twenty three. We go to Phoenix, who's below five hundred. We go to Dallas, who's below five hundred. Indiana comes into the house, who's above five hundred, two above. Oklahoma City's well above five hundred. That's a massive game on Monday, the twenty third. See Russell Westbrook. Tickets are available for that at utahjazz.com. We go to Denver, who's below five hundred. Then the Lakers are in town, below five hundred. Memphis, huge game uh, on. The Saturday, January 28th, the tickets are available for that. It's my wife's birthday. Uh, you can make your signs and stuff like that, or you don't have to. Uh, then Wednesday, Milwaukee, above 500, Giannis Kumba. Boy, there's a bunch of great games in Charlotte. So, a lot of great games coming up. Get your tickets at UtahJazz.com or call uh, 355Dunk and find out what the ticket packages that are available uh, for you. There's a lot of really great stuff uh, going on there. Uh, so, the jazz uh, just a super win uh, last night i, I know i 'm leaving something out in in what led to that win and and how the jazz won that game i there 's just too much too much stuff and um, favors was great early with some low post action play where he he looked really good in his mid range jumper he stepped into it uh, a bunch of times and, and made some uh, and, and did you know had a really good game in that regard. The defense was terrific all night. I talked about that big, different pick and roll. Uh, coverage uh, Jazz last night when Rudy was off the floor were plus two. That's going to be a huge storyline going forward. Is can the Jazz be positive when Rudy is off the floor? Uh, Jazz went without the point guard for a little while. Rodney Hood played some point guard as this. The bat, Shelvin had another tough night, third straight night where he just kind of hasn't. Ever since he's gone back into that backup role, that's been a tough um, adjustment for him uh, along the way. And Trey Lyles started the night poorly. I think 0 for 5 and buries his last two threes. That guy is just he's just solid. He just doesn't worry about those things. And Joe Ingles five assists. The defense on LeBron just a tremendous, tremendous. And George Hill keeps Kyrie Irving to five of 18. By the way. Nice to have uh, that that remarkable uh, defense of George Hill uh, back. Today's show is brought to you by Jamalto. Uh, Dan Spence is the local regional sales guy at Jamalto. You can call him at 801-540-3024. That's 801-540-3024. So Jamalto is a global leader in digital security. Most digital security has been trying to protect the perimeter at for of your company's data for all this time. It hasn't worked. If you kind of look into the data, uh, he, you know Dan can explain it to you better than me. Um, I have it, but not, I don't want to take too much time. Uh, and so you've got to protect your data. Data is the new gold. So what you do is a three-step process that Gemalto uh, leads the world in, is you encrypt your and imprint your data, and then you store and manage your keys, and then you control the user access. And what that allows you to do is protect your critical data. The breach is going to happen, so you protect once the breach happens. And that's exactly uh, – it's, it's almost like the Jazz three different pick-and-roll defenses right there. You've got different steps to make sure you're protecting against different things that could happen uh, along the way, and that's what makes Jamalto uh, the global leader. So give Dan Spence a call for your company at 801-540-3024. That's 801 540 Thirty twenty four. Right, I want to turn it over to LeBron. Uh, the first thing is LeBron was talking about getting ready for Kyle Korver, and then later he talked about his various teammates and how they like to receive passes. And I want to let you hear the level of what a champion thinks and says.
0: Um, I've watched uh, about 25 minutes of, of his clips, you know, over the last couple of days of seeing where he likes the ball, how he likes the ball, if he likes it low, if he likes it high, if he likes the seams, no seams, you know, from my perspective, as far as the quarterback, to see what my receiver likes the ball. So, um, to see what size that he likes to come off pin downs and things of that nature. And so, well, Channing, it doesn't matter for Channing. Um, you know, i try to put it on the seams as much as possible, but, um, he catches the fires. he doesn't move the ball. Some, you see some guys when they catch it, they kind of move it and fix it. Channing lets it go. Champ lets it go. Um, but you got to put the ball high for Champ because he shoots it at the peak of, of the height. JR likes the ball a little bit lower because he dips with it. And uh, also with Don Levy before the trade, he liked it low too because he used to dip with the ball too. So um, that's all I'm giving you. Just get out of my mind, please.
1: <laughs> I talked to Booner about that. We're not quite sure how he does seams or you no know, seams, but then more Ron thought about it. Yeah, it's possible that LeBron is fixing it, and then he passes it, so the, the guy who's shooting doesn't have to fix the ball and make it that way. Uh, but to be so aware of what each of your teammates are, and this is an area where the Jazz have to improve. I thought the Jazz in the first half were really poor with their passing. I'll go re-watch the game today, but there were a lot of passes that were way off the mark in denying guys uh, the opportunity to get shots, and I thought that hurt them. They got better as the night went on when they suddenly had four Good passers and good uh, ball handlers uh, on the floor, but I, I thought that was uh, really fairly awesome from uh, LeBron to have that level of detail in, in what he's talking about. Um, I also got a chance to ask LeBron a, a sequence of other questions that were much big picture. Uh, but, you know, I think he's just—I mean, he's the peak of the game right now. He was great last night: twenty-nine points, six rebounds, five assists, four steals. His defensive anticipations out of this world. His his offensive game is shooting is better. Um, he tried to get his teammates involved, tried to will his team back. Uh, didn't get a lot from Kevin Love last night. It was 4 of 14, uh, and Kyrie was just 5 of 18. As the Jazz just played just terrific defense last night uh, against the Cavaliers, having one of their better defensive nights of the year, actually. I mean, they really shut Cleveland down uh defensively has, for the time being, moved the Jazz back to number two for the first time. Uh, number one defensively, the defensive rating last night for the Jazz was a 95.9 against a Cleveland team that usually scores 110.5. That might be the biggest differential One of the, except for probably that Memphis game. The Jazz have had all season long, the Jazz offense was a 104.3, which is actually a little low, so the Jazz didn't you know, as much as they exploited that defense last night and shot the ball well, uh, the 18 turnovers crippled them enough uh, that they did not turning it over 19 percent of the possessions. That they did not actually have a great uh, offensive rating game. All right, let's go. Here's uh, the sequence of questions I had for LeBron. I know at every arena you have your moments, but this one, at least from our perspective, there have been quite a few buzzer beaters and big moments and the standing ovation to you when you were younger. Does this? Do you feel like that for whatever weird reason this arena seems to have? Big
0: games, or kind of just these close finishes. Uh yeah, I was actually talking about with a couple of friends of mine yesterday about uh, some of the times that I've had here, the games I've played here, the buzzer beater games. Uh, so it's always been pretty fun, you know. These fans are—they've seen some great basketball over the years, obviously from the Malone and, and Stockton era to you know to the present. So, you know, I'm just happy that I'm, you know, in the place of a building that created a lot of uh, a lot of memories.
1: Talking to you over the years, it's clear you have amazing game recall did you do you know when you first realized that you had something that other people don't necessarily have the ability to do
0: um well I've never really put into the perspective of what others don't have um I just knew that um early on I could recall games from years previously and uh you know and like play after play after play and and situations throughout the game I I don't know where it came from but um it's something I definitely uh that I use for sure you know
1: when people talk about your game, what do you think they underrate?
0: Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that's for them to talk about. I don't really get involved in what people underrated about my game. Uh, hopefully they just say one thing. I'm a very, uh, very, very great teammate. That's all that matters to me. Uh, I do whatever it takes to help my teammates be successful. You know, when I'm. Uh, if I got something to voice, it's for the team. It's for my teammates to be successful, you know, for myself, those things take care of itself. But I can care less about my individual accolades. All I care about is team success. So,
1: what do you use daily to keep you motivated in the grind?
0: Uh, I guess it's the love of the basketball, uh, love of the game, and just uh, the an opportunity I got to play the game that I love. I mean, listen, I don't, I don't have. Uh, I'm on the other side of the tenure, you know, being in 14. It's not like I'm gonna play another 14. So. Um, you know the opportunity to play the game that I love every day. I have so many fans that you know appreciate the way I play. So it's my obligation to go out and do what I need to do to uh, you know be as good as I can be every night.
1: Shane Batty once said you're the first superstar of the social media era. <laughs> has it has that been harder and to not even miss have any missteps or not make or to have that spotlight than maybe anyone realizes?
0: No, nah, because I've been in the spotlight since I was a 15 year old. Um, You know, when I was a sophomore in high school and I was on the cover of Sports Illustrated, my team, my games was on national television. So I've been doing this for 17 years now. So it's no, uh, it's no pressure for me.
1: Really, uh, a pleasure to chat with LeBron. Great insight. Hope you enjoyed that. Super win by the Utah Jazz uh, to grab that one. We'll see what they do. <clears throat> the D-League team plays tonight. Keep an eye out. See if maybe anybody goes down to play in that game tonight. Good opportunity since Dante and Neto and Burks uh, did not get any time last night. Uh, good opportunity for some of them to go get some time. It's why we have the D-League team. It's really interesting what they did the other day. I hadn't even thought about this when I talked about D-League. What they actually did is they brought the D-League team over to the practice facility and they played a five-on-five scrimmage. Uh, which allowed those everyone to <clears throat> play. Alec played a ton of five-on-five. Five. Dante got to play a ton of five-on-five. Five. And it was fun because I, I was talking to Alec or overhearing Alec talk. Uh, I was around as Alec was talking. It's probably the better way to say it. And he, you know, he was just talking about a certain play, and you could just see the kind of juice and excitement uh, he got from being... Being back out there, uh, Jazz got narrow on the rotation last night. Frankly, they played about seven guys uh, for most of it, almost eight. Uh, Mac played nine minutes. Joe Johnson played thirteen. Uh, Boris had a, had a brief stint, but they they narrowed down that last night. Jo- George Hill played thirty-seven minutes. I thought he was he was he was gassed at one point. Our mics picked up Quinn Snyder yelling, uh, "Don't get tired, George. Don't be tired." Uh, but I'll tell you what, he he gave out incredible, incredible uh, effort. Uh, last night. All right. uh, That wraps us up. This is Locked On Jazz brought to you tonight today by Jamalto. Give Dan Spence a call at 801-540-3024. They've got the three-step process to secure your data and bring you trust in the increasingly connected world that is not an easy place to live. So Jamalto, Dan Spence, 801-540-3024. This has been Locked On Jazz, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.